Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. Simple for me is having a starting point in design, which is what the templates do. So I can add, you know, a hundred layers on top of that, but the basic design is still going to be there. You know, my brain is not a designing brain. I'm very happy that there are people out there who are do much better because every every page that I make is either a scrap lift or a template. Those don't come out of my brain. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 243. In this episode, I'm chatting with Jen Johnson, a digital scrapbooker and member of our creative team since 2014. Our conversation highlights the importance of design starting points, the mental health benefits of our hobby, and specific strategies for staying consistent. Hey, Jen, welcome to Scrapbook Your Way. Hey, thanks for having me on. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners so they can get to know you a little bit better before we jump in? Sure. My name is Jennifer Johnson, but Jen is fine. Um, I have a husband who I met on the internet, and we lived in South Florida for many years, and we just moved up to Kentucky last year. So that's been fun and different. We get seasons now. So yeah, everything is fall colored right now. It's a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, I have a stepson who just turned 21 and he lives in Massachusetts. And I have a COVID cat, Tabby, who is a joy and wonderful. And uh, our dog, Daisy, who is an elderly um, also joy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She'll get jealous. If I don't say she's also a joy. For sure. Now, did moving to Kentucky bring you closer to family or further away? Yeah, much closer. So it's a four hour drive to Nashville, which is where most of my family is. And it was mm-hmm. like a 16 hour drive yeah. before because we lived at the very bottom. So yeah, it was a big drive. This is much nicer. My husband got a transfer at work, so he's still, you know, doing mostly the same job. And yeah, we're we're living that suburban cul-de-sac life right now, <laughs> which is nice. I remember a long time ago when I first, yeah, we first moved here. We would drive around, and I'm like, oh, I would never live in that neighborhood. It's so like <laughs> uniform, and mm-hmm. uh, and now that's where we live. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. So, yes, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's that change in life stage, I guess. Because, no, I totally, I, I 
I need different looking houses and, and yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but I like it. It's nice. So Jen, what is exciting you right now? We love to ask our guests both about their scrapbooky things as well as their non scrapbooky things. So I have been having a really good time lately. My other hobby is reading and I've always got an audiobook going at least one, usually more. And so I've been kind of gamifying my reading lately. So we're, we're doing this in October, but last month I did a series September bingo board, um, which someone on YouTube made. And so I was trying to catch up on a bunch of book series and stuff and, and using a bingo board to do that. And now, um, we're, we've, I haven't, but a lot of people are, participating in a thing called Spookopoly. I can never say it right, but it's like Monopoly, but for spooky books. So, Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I've got a board printed out and it's um, Becca and the books uh, on YouTube does it. And it's all free. You can go look at that if you want to, but you just like roll your dice and you go on a book prompt. And sometimes it's like an orange book or, you know, a book with witches or whatever. It's a lot of fun. It's very silly, but I'm enjoying it. And I I love that. (laughs) I know we have a lot of like, book people here. So if you want to gamify your reading, I can, you know, talk to you about that. <laughs> Sometimes you just need help making decisions because there oh, are far yeah. more books than we could ever read and everything, not everything, but a lot of things look so good yes. or they have really good reviews. And yeah, sometimes you just need help making that choice. Yeah, 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 for sure. And yeah, limiting choices is a good thing for sure. <laughs> Um, my scrappy thing is I just got back from our first kind of big fun trip in several years and probably 2018. And we went up to see my stepson who I haven't seen in a year. So that was wonderful. And went to Salem and went to see Niagara Falls, which is like a bucket list, um, thing for me. So I'm really excited to start scrapping that. I've already started scrapping that. I bet. We are going to New England in a couple of weeks and I'm hoping to get to Salem over there, especially it being October. I, oh, excited. it's so fun. Yeah. We need to talk about that because it is so, so fun. So Jen, what's on your memory keeping bucket list? This is a story that feels important to tell, but for some reason or another, you haven't documented it yet. So... This is kind of a, I'm I'm not even sure whether it's going to be a story or like a series of stories, but like 2022 was pretty terrible for like my family and we lost my mom and we moved and we acquired dogs under bad circumstances and Mm -hmm. we, we just, it was rough. It was rough. And so towards the end of last year, I'm like, okay, I, I don't really want to scrapbook all of the bad stuff yet. I'm not ready for that. So can I think of like 22 good things that happened in 2022? And I came up with this list and it actually ended up being like 25 good things. So that was even more, but I don't know, like if I want to make layouts for all those things or just like make it a list or, and and have that in my book, or I don't know kind of how to approach that, but I want to have some positivity I guess, in my scrapbook for last year. (laughs) What about like a mini book type of thing? 
whether you did it digital and printed them in four by four or you actually, you know, did something a little more tactile if you wanted to. No, that's a good idea. That, that actually, I haven't really thought about doing that, but yeah, like a little blurb book or something and just, you know, people were, were very wonderful and kind to us last year, um, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. (laughs) you know we I I think my husband and I are kind of we're insular with it we're we're just like us against the world kind of things and and sometimes the world helps you and so you know I want to highlight some of the people who helped us or just some of the good memories like we had our first snow and we got snowed in and that was kind of fun nice yeah. But, so yeah, maybe maybe a mini book would be the way to go. Well, and I know that uh, Shannon Manton has some templates for those blurb trade publication books that are mm. like smaller, um, you know, a little more like I don't know, magazine like sometimes. Um, but that might be like a starting point too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just know that I'm coming from the perspective of I don't want to make 25 layouts. But that's my personal <laughs> perspective. That might not be yours. <laughs> I mean, I would like to be pretty prolific. I was pretty prolific, you know, before 2022. <laughs> I kind of lost my mojo a little bit. But, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do that anytime soon. So it would be a couple years project if I made a layout for everything. For sure. Yeah. I think I just I would just get tired of it before I finished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I never so finish anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to you printing 2015 in a, in a little yeah. bit. So. Uh, yeah. So, Jen, you are a digital scrapbooker. Can you tell us how long you've been scrapbooking, what that journey has been like, and how you typically approach scrapbooking today? Sure. Um, so I say I started scrapbooking in 2010. I, I started like lurking on the scrappy forums probably in 2009 and collecting freebies in 2009. But yep. I, I didn't really... That's what I was doing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was it was so much more fun to like look at what other people were doing than to try to actually learn, you know, the program and stuff and make my own stuff. But I did eventually make my own stuff. And so yeah, 2010. And I loved um, just getting on different digital sites and participating in challenges and just learning things and making all different kinds of pages. And I think initially when I started, I kind of wanted a home for all the photos we were taking. We were, mm-hmm. you know, exploring the state that I had just moved to and, you know, doing family things and and everything. And I wanted a house for the photos. And then I started doing these challenges and it was like, why is blue my favorite color? Or, you know, it was like all these introspective kind of, you know, all about me things too. And I'm like, Oh, I can scrap, but I like me. I can scrapbook about me a whole lot. (laughs) So, you know, and, and then it just kind of went from there to like it's kind of therapeutic now it's an exercise Mm -hmm. of gratitude and when I think you know everything sucks I go and make a layout about my cat or something and I feel better (laughs) like it doesn't need to be big you know big journaling just make something pretty and you feel good yes Yes. You know, it's so interesting that reminds me you know we talk so much about bucket list stories here and when we first started 
talking about them and putting together the class, one of the things I mentioned was that, you know, you, uh, how do I even say this? Like I was almost poo-pooing myself and making layouts about my coffee cup and taking pictures of my coffee cup mm-hmm. because that's something that is like joyful, a regular part of my life. But that is such an important part of our scrapbooking. It's just not all of it. Sure. Um, yeah. But that is something like our coffee and our cats and, mm-hmm. you know, like <laughs> our mean- favorite fashions or cosmetic, like the things that just like make up life, food, especially like food. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those are things that often have more positive feelings than they do negative (laughs) and can help ground us in the context of even when like there's a lot of junk happening in our lives we still have all these things that make life a little bit more enjoyable and pleasurable yeah for sure and you know going back to 2022 which is probably I mean I hope it doesn't get much worse than that but you know one of the worst years of my life really and, you know, I look back at the things that I scrapped and it's like 80% cat. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, that's totally fine. It, yeah. it, it made me feel good. And she's real cute. And, you know, it, it helped. I mean, because mm-hmm. if I didn't have a cute cat to scrap, I probably wouldn't be scrapping at all, to be perfectly honest. So sometimes you do what you need to do to keep your hand in it, you know. Well, and that's that's such an important thing to remember is that to to acknowledge that yeah, you probably would have stepped away if you didn't have these things that you could scrapbook and even that permission to yourself mm-hmm. that this is a an, a an acceptable subject to spend time on. <laughs> Definitely. Um I think sometimes we don't feel like we have permission to do that or to scrapbook about ourselves and those little things that we love. Mm-hmm. So, I really appreciate you being open about that yeah everybody scrapbook your cat they're fun (laughs) (laughs) i give you i give you where do you like to shop where are your favorite shops who are your favorite designers like what is filling your downloads folder regularly so i'm on a lot of cts okay so this is like full disclosure i work for ginger scraps i'm their ct lead and i ct for a bunch of their designers but that's really been my digital home since, you know, 2012, probably. I was a customer to all of these people way before I became on their CT. So um, I, and and, uh, also at the lily pad, like just Jamie, I was a customer of hers way before I got on, onto her team as well. So um, like just Jamie is wonderful. Uh, ICT for Miss Fish templates and Tensi templates and April Lisa. Um, so people who I buy from, and, I mean, um, Connie Prince and Amy Harrison, who are both at um, Ginger Scraps. I get a lot of their stuff. Uh, Mommy-ish at the Lily Pad. I buy a whole lot of her CU stuff. I don't always use it, but I buy a whole bunch. um yeah CU stuff in general I kind of which um I guess we should say what that is it's um like designer use uh products like so just a paper or just a style or or something like that I don't know can you give a better description yeah so CU stands for commercial use I mean it's really intended to be a like toolbox of starting points 
for other digital designers to like recolor to combine with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but digital scrapbookers can certainly use them uh, as their own starting points as well, particularly as you gain skills in doing those things. Previous acronym CT is Creative Team. Um, it's kind of the it's the digital equivalent to a design team in paper scrapbooking. Right. Yeah. So I buy a lot of uh, commercial use stuff, and and I don't ever ever want to design things like that. Is not my goal whatsoever. But sometimes you know a kit needs some leaves or a kit needs like a white paper. So I buy a lot of leaves and white papers and things to, you know, supplement what I, what I already have. Well, I think if you know there's attributes of your scrapbooking and this goes for no matter how you're scrapping, if you know you want to use this again and again, mm-hmm. you kind of, you need to stock up, you need to have your go-tos that you will always combine with whatever, like the new color thing you're, you're you're bringing in now the new kit the new collection so definitely now your style is very like i would say like whimsical maybe oh. like would you say that i don't know i like so i feel like and sweet but not like in a not in a saccharine <laughs> way but you know happy, happy. and you know you yeah yeah Okay, I like that. I, I because I almost think that some of the things that I make for simple scrapper are a little bit different than what I make for a lot of my other pages because I'm not trying to like showcase a product. So it's mm-hmm. n- it's not like flower sneeze all over the page for like my simple <laughs> scrapper pages <laughs> as much, but happy. Yeah, I like happy. And you know, a lot of flowers and you know, a lot of cats. <laughs> You know, your flower sneeze is totally welcome at all times, so (laughs) don't ever hold back. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, we always talk about how, like, simple is really what your way is, like, what feels good and easy and fun to you Mm -hmm. and doesn't require, like, stressfulness. Like, to me, making clean and simple layouts is actually more difficult and stresses me out and gives me anxiety than it does to, like, make something with mixed media that's more layered. And mm-hmm. I'm much more comfortable with that because I can feel good about it without having to obsess about where the last embellishment is going. No, so. yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, simple for me is having a starting point in design, which is what the mm-hmm. templates do. So yeah. I, I can add, you know, a hundred layers on top of that, but the basic design is still going to be there. So my, you know, my brain is not a designing brain and, you know, I'm very happy that there are people out there who are do much better because every, every page that I make is either a scrap lift or a template or, you know, the, those don't come out of my brain. Nice. I think it's important to know that about yourself. And that's why we have all these tools available. Yeah, totally. So looking back over the past decade plus, what do you really love about digital scrapbooking? And why do you think it's like the perfect fit for you? So I guess scrapbooking in in general is just it it helps me. It's for my mental health. Like Mm -hmm. if I haven't done it in a while, I get, you know, tense (laughs) and, 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 you know, probably not, not a nice person. I gotta let those feelings out 
somehow. And I think Digi in particular, there's a freedom in being able to resize things and recolor things and not have to depend on arbitrary release dates or waiting until, you know, some something sells out and being stressed out and feeling like you have to buy a thing before it all goes away because it doesn't mm-hmm. really go away. And, you know, always knowing that you're going to have the right alphabet letter <laughs> that you need. <laughs> like the thought of being, you know, having to buy alphabet stickers stresses me out. Like I, I always run out of the ease. Always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then having to like Frankenstein, like, let, and I know some people are really good at that. And maybe if I was paid for, I would learn to be good at that. But like, I, I, I think the freedom of being able to make things how I want to make them, I guess is why I love Digi and, and just not having a big mess. My husband is a, you know, minimalist and, I tell him all the time he should be grateful that I'm not a paper scrapbooker because <laughs> yes, for sure. Is he just keeps having to make sure I stay in hard drives and you know so I have room for all of that stuff instead of like buying a bigger and bigger you know place to live or you know stuff like that. So it, it keeps our marriage good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, this is a little bit more of a personal question, but I'm curious, what do you want scrapbook brands or even content creators like myself to know about memory keepers who have a visual impairment? That is such an excellent question, and I have never thought about that before. I think for myself, I grew up in, you know, a family full of people with various disabilities and mental illnesses and, you know, not just regular old people. I mean, whatever that means, you know, (laughs) but, you know, so for me, it's like, oh, you don't have a disability or you don't have a mental illness. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of boring, you know? (laughs) And so, but then on the other hand, um, I feel more like, I need to fit into the sighted world. Like the, people don't need to do things to accommodate me. Like I need to accommodate myself into the world, which is kind of messed up. And hopefully that's changing. You know, people are advocating, you know, and, and a young generation of advocates for, you know, disability and all kinds of, you know, marginalized people. Are, are coming up and it's wonderful to see, but you know, in my little small area, I don't really think of it like, how can people help me with this? So I guess, mm-hmm. you know, legible fonts <laughs> are really, really, really important. And I think that, you know, maybe in the early days of scrapping, that was more of an issue. Like I sure use some real bad fonts, you know, and I think now, you know, it's either scripty or it's pretty clean. So, and I do love a scripty font, but, you know, just people making their websites accessible and not using like a pale blue font on a white background 
on your, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. And, and, and I think this is more of a issue with like digital people who are digital designers who do more kind of heritage things, but they like pile all this texture on to where you can't read what the label says or what, and, and that's a look, you know, that's an aesthetic, but sometimes I want, you know, to be able to read what my labels say. <laughs> so I, I think, I don't know, stuff like that. And, and I'd be interested if anybody else out there had more concrete examples of that. But I think just, you know, accessible websites, the ability to make previews big, you know, so we can mm-hmm. kind of see what we're getting. I mean, I have a huge monitor, so, you know, it's it's fine for me. And I don't really know how many people out there, you know, are very visually impaired who, who do scrapbooking of any kind. I'd be very interested to, you know, talk to people. I, I feel like I'm kind of like the only one floating out there, and I don't even really talk about it much. <laughs> so, you know, unless you know me personally, you might not know unless you see my sure. unless you see my layouts with the big gigantic fifteen point font on an eight by eight layout. <laughs> well, I appreciate you kind of sharing openly, and you have with me in the past as well. Um, and I invite anyone who's listening who has. Um, thoughts or perspectives personally or, or observations on this to leave a comment in the show notes for the episode because I'd love to to hear what others have to say. I know that the one thing that's been relayed to me the most over the years is, you know, using more of a light gray font or light gray lines has been kind of maybe trendy in design. Yes. But it's not particularly helpful for those who do have... Um, a visual disability or even mm-hmm. aging eyes. Um, it's just harder to read, if, especially if it's small, but even the light gray in general is is challenging. So I've really tried to be more aware of that and just go with straight black. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it's, and, and that's, I think, you know, it, how the trends go. Like, I feel like when I first started scrapping, people did like a lot of like paler blue on a white background or, you, you know, you're looking at it from the aesthetically pretty website and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. not really thinking like oh people have to actually read this and I think especially you know as our scrapping population ages that's gonna be you know more of a hey can you can you make that a little more contrasty please yes yes so one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about today is you printing your digital layouts at home um you know in 2010, when you started, I'm not really sure we had the capability to do that successfully. No. We, could barely, we barely had the capability to do that out of the home at that point. Mm-hmm. If I'm recalling correctly, you actually didn't print anything for a long time, and you are now working through your archive. So I'd love to kind of right. hear more about this. Well, so a couple of things first, because uh, if, if I had been printing regularly from the beginning, I probably would have made many, many less uh, illegible font layouts because I would have been able to see like, oh, that doesn't look good in person. <laughs> but also, you know, I, I, as a person, you know, who who is visually impaired, I don't know that the quality of what I'm doing is going to meet some people's standards. So I feel like I need to have that caveat of like, 
everything looks a little blurry to me. So maybe my way won't work for you, but like also try it because it could work fine. But yeah, so I think a lot of digi people um, don't print their layouts at all. Or if they do, they do it, you know, like in a bound book or something. And a bound book is way too much commitment for me. I not, I've done that like once or twice. And, you know, all these years of making, you know, a hundred or 200 or however many layouts a year, you know, it's a lot to keep up with. And I was for many years, my dad would get me print credits from persnickety for my birthday or whatever. And even that, you know, hundred here and a hundred there still would not keep up. It would not meet my demand because I scrapped a lot. And so I have a backlog of just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of layouts. And I was, you know, using persnickety for a long time, you know, on and off, you know, whenever I would get, uh, sales or whatever, or get gifted, you know, credits, but it, you know, it became prohibitively expensive. (laughs) We'll just say that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, and I understand, you know, people have their businesses and especially with COVID, you know, prices rose, but they, they rose quite a bit. And so I started looking at other alternatives. I always had this kind of dream, of like one day I'll be caught up with printing and then I can just print as I make stuff. And like, how cool will that be? And, you know, I still have that dream. (laughs) It's not quite come true yet. But, um, so I started looking at other alternatives and I actually printed a couple times, um, at like Staples or Office Depot and just to kind of see the different papers and the different quality of, you know, stuff. And I, and I really think if you, if you're thinking about maybe printing at home, maybe try printing at Staples or something like that first, because there's a lot Mm -hmm. of paper choices out there and not everything looks good. And so maybe see, you know, because they can print something on, you know, a hundred pound cardstock versus a heavier cardstock or whatever. I don't know pounds, but you know, they can, they can print things on different qualities of paper. So that can kind of give you an idea of what, what you would like in your end result. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a little while. And then I discovered this wonderful thing called the HP instant ink program. And I'm like, hey, I have a HP printer. Why don't we try that out for a little bit? And it's a subscription. And I'm morally opposed to subscriptions. But, man, I save so much money. I'm telling you. So I have the $5.99 a month plan that gives me 100 uh, prints every month. And I have, like, a 300-print rollover. So a print for them could be an eight and a half by 11 full sheet print of a photo. It could be a four by six. It could be, you know, whatever is a piece of paper is a print to them. So I print on eight and a half by 11, uh, HP everyday photo paper. I wrote that down so I could remember all these numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I print on that. I print my, uh, layouts slightly 
uh, bigger than an eight by eight. It's probably like an eight point two or something. And so I've been doing that going back through the years. I, I'm working my way backwards and I, I am all caught up from 2016 to the present and I'm almost done with 2015 and I have a few little outliers here and there that are like double page things that I've done that I just don't want to like put into Photoshop and mess with or whatever but but yeah so that's what I've been doing and every Monday uh during Monday co-working I print out at least a couple and sometimes a whole lot more and that's kind of been my habit for a few months now and it's really it's getting my books filled just doing a little here and there and that one day a week can you tell me a little bit more about how the subscription works sure okay so despite you being morally opposed to them (laughs) oh oh no I mean everything is a subscription you know I know I know (laughs) so so is my business so (laughs) I know but that gives you a great value for what you're getting (laughs) Hey, everybody, Simple Scrapper is a great value. <laughs> no, I, I get everything as a subscription these days because it's, you know, it's effective for a lot of different reasons in terms of giving the person uh, the consistency that they need as well as being a good business model. So yeah, um, I understand why so many people have gone to it, but it's hard. Like even, you know, our air conditioning uh, service is a subscription. Now oh, and, no. And that, so. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Um, but anyway, so the HP subscription, can you tell, tell us more about how it works in terms of sure. what you get for it? So there are different levels, and right now I'm kind of at the the mid-tier level. Um, I, I'll send you a link to everything and, and the different prices and stuff like that. So, ba- so basically I have an HP Envy 5660, and they... So, which is one of those supported, and it's kind of old. It's several years old, so I don't know how old they go as far as like what they're supporting. But I think it's just ones that can connect to the internet. So, um, basically, they send you ink um, as often as you need it. So uh, you get your first two inks. You kind of, if you had inks in there already, you kind of put those aside. They want you to use their, you know their inks that they just sent you. I I don't know how that works. So you you plop those in and you connect to the site and it's like, cool, you have ink. Now go use it. And so you get your a hundred pages or whatever you sign up for. And as you're printing, uh, HP is looking over your shoulder and saying, Hey, looks like you need some ink. Let me send you a couple of cartridges. And they just knows and it's magic. And so when you look at the price of how much the individual cartridges, I mean, don't tell HP, but like, I, I'm getting a real good deal off of this for as much as I print because <laughs> I can use, you know, one or two cartridges a month if I'm really printing, you know, full page layouts using a lot of ink and everything and, and mm-hmm. getting, getting that for $5.99 a month is is a pretty decent deal. And I don't know if that would be, you know, and, and I do things like I print off recipes and I do things like that, that don't, you know, 
use a ton of ink. And so maybe if all you're doing is, you know, printing off stuff for school, you know, for your kids or whatever, maybe it wouldn't be as, you know, a banger of a deal. But, you know, for me, printing almost full eight and a half by 11s, just page after page after page and using, using up all this ink is, uh, it works for me. And I don't even have to think about it. I don't have to like go to the store and remember which ink I need or order. It just comes in the mail. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It takes, it's, uh, that is a kind of an unbelievable deal, um, in terms of the price of ink these days as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so don't don't so, don't and tell just, HP. And just efficient, so you know you're you know you're getting what exactly what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I had a problem with one of my cartridges a couple of weeks ago, my black cartridge, and I was able to just contact customer support, and they sent me another one to replace it. And you know that would have been however much ink cartridge costs, you know, that I just got, would have had to replace myself just because one of them was defective and. They're, you know, the HP brand, so it's not, you know, some knockoff or anything like that. It's their branded stuff, and yeah, it works really well for me. So, Digi people. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I wonder if Canon has anything like that, because I, I would love that, for sure, because I'm always trying to make sure I'm not going to run out. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I've been doing it since last August or September, and I've never run out of ink. And I think that they see how much I use. So they actually send me two cartridges at one time instead of one cartridge at one time. So it's it's really just automatic and you don't even have to think about it. And I think it, and I think at some point, like when I get caught up with all my printing, I'll maybe move down to a lower tier, like the 50 page or whatever a day. But like right now, when I'm really trying to catch up on printing, it it's really great for me. Well, we'll definitely link that in the show notes because I'm sure we're going to have others who are interested in, in that offer. So I wanted to close on a fun note. You've been part of our creative team since <laughs> 2014. Mm-hmm. That is a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I'm curious, what has made you stick around through all that time? So, and, and I kind of look to see, I, I think you and Ginger Scraps have been my longest running teams. And which is crazy. I, I kind of had to do a double take when, when you said 2014. I was like, wow. Um, I, I will be perfectly honest and this is not going to sound good but it's going to sound better the lay- <laughs> the layouts that okay. I, the layouts that I make for simple scrapper are sometimes some of the hardest for me to make as far as like this team is so good and I get like I don't get imposter syndrome like in any other areas of my life, really. But man, you got such a good team. I look at their stuff and I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? So I get a little bit, even after all these years, I get a little bit of like worried <laughs> when I turn in my layouts. Like, is it going to be good enough? It's going to be so cute. I don't know. It's going in a magazine, y'all. That's intimidating. But I have made some of my very best layouts that I still think about and I still love just because of, you know, the prompts and the good design and just, 
all of, you know, I've loved making the travel layouts this year and just the different, it, it always pushes me out of my comfort zone. So it's kind of my hardest team, but my, one of my most rewarding teams, if that, you know, makes sense. I, yeah, I no, I'm so <laughs> glad we can offer, um, a, a, you know, a fun challenge to you, you know, <laughs> yeah. to keep it interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to, and, and I, I think just because you've picked such, such a diverse team, such a consistently talented team. Like I look at the things that the other people make and it just blows my mind and I want to copy everything that everybody has done. So I, it, it makes me want to up my game, I guess is, is what I'm saying. I, I love, I loved when we were doing, um, you know, prompts every, every month for, mm-hmm. for journaling and stuff. And a lot of that was stuff I never would have thought about doing and, you know, got me to talk about stuff. I, I like religion and making friends as an adult and like cussing and things. Like, I wouldn't have made pages like that probably if I hadn't have, you know, had that inspiration to do that. So, and, and I think really at, at this point, you know, I think I went a lot of years, you know, we had a different kind of community. It was on Facebook and it was, you know, but since moving to Mighty Networks and since really, really, you know, participating in the crops and the, you know, just refresh and all the class things and just everything has enhanced my scrapbooking like so so much and I don't mean this to be like a commercial for simple scrapper but like if I wasn't on the team I would definitely like I mean you'd have to kick me off but I would still like okay kick me off I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the subscription you can't get rid of me (laughs) because I just the community is great and everybody's so helpful and I have been through, you know, a whole lot of stuff and not everything, you know, it's just like, you know, during Monday co-working, this is getting real personal. This is Jen's therapy session, but, you know, I have done things during Monday co-working that I've been putting off, like making an appointment for a physical or making a phone call that I didn't want to make or, or doing things and just knowing that like other people were there to be accountable for, to, you know, cheer me on and say, yes, you can go pay those bills now, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever random like challenge I was like trying to do at that particular time, other than printing, um, you know, has been, you know, so, so like helpful in my life and not just like scrapping. So that in conclusion, that's my TED talk about why I love Simple Scrapper Creative Team. There you go. <laughs> well, I appreciate um, your very kind words, and I do want to underscore that those Monday morning sessions, like there's a lot of frogs eaten, and it's because mm-hmm. we're all together encouraging one another. There's like there's oral words spoken. There's messages in the chat about mm-hmm. especially how it is important to, you know, take care of ourselves because we spend so much time taking care of others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I think has really helped 
a lot of us, you know, <laughs> make those calls and take care of things that sometimes are really hard. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I appreciate the community and the accountability and just the, hey, you did that good job. You know? Well, I am sure, I am very certain that um, your layouts, the hundreds of them that you have contributed, <laughs> um, have inspired so many. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so glad you're part of our creative family. Thank you. I love it. Jen, can you share where our listeners can find you online and anything that you might be doing um, towards the end of this year, the beginning of next? Um, so I post sporadically on Instagram and I am H clappy there, which is H C like cat L A P P Y. Um, so you can holler at me there. I'm always at ginger scraps. I'm always in simple scrapper, you know, pretending like I'm going to finish a thing and never, ever finishing a thing. That's kind of my, my thing, but you know. If you like finishing Speak. things, <laughs> you, you, you meet your creative team requirements and your printing things. That's finishing. There so. you go. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> Jen, this has been such a lovely talk. I always enjoy spending time with you. Thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, please remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.